Hello, hello, everyone. This is Jen Pisano, and today I have my spiritual brother with me. This is James. He's one of the authors in Sacred Medicine, Mystical Practices for Ecstatic Living. He wrote for us chapter 23, Exploring Sacred Spaces to Find the Sacred Space Within. Please tell us all about it, James, and properly introduce yourself with your last name because I was scared I would butcher it. <laughs> Aloha, everyone. My name is James Kealiipiilani Kauai Nui. And so I told Jen we would have a really quick um, lesson in Hawaiian. So before we even talk about anything else, um, the Hawaiian language is very phonetic. There's only 13 letters in the alphabet in Hawaii, um, all of the vowels and eight consonants. So Hawaiian is very phonetic. So if you break it down into it, the syllables that they are, then you can actually say it. So, so example, my name, K-A-W-A-I-N-U-I. So it's Ka-Y-Nui. Ka-Y-Nui. Yeah. And so if you look at- I did it. Yeah. It's the same thing as like Aloha, right? Or Mahalo. Right. So if you break it down into its its syllable elements, it's really easy to to um, pronounce. It's when all the, it's when all the vowels come together and there's like more than one vowel there, then it kind of gets really confusing. You know, like my middle name, for example, is Kaliipiilani, and so there's two eyes in Kaliipi, and then Pe has two eyes as well. Which, by the way, that that the, the meaning of that, and that name was given to me by my grandmother, the, the meaning of that, of my middle name is he who brings the scent of heaven. Mm. <laughs> oh, my heart just went like this. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Anyway, hello, everyone. My name is James Koinui. I'm a native Hawaiian healer. My family goes back in, in Hawaii over 20 generations. And, and I think that the easiest way for me to explain who I am to everyone is that um, my lineage, my ancestors were and are the shaman of my culture. And so I carry that lineage inside of me. I carry that, that wisdom and that information that they use to and pass through me to with the work that I do, you know, with the people that I work with. So um, my... What I do with people is I help people identify and eliminate the causes of pain, you know, emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain. We, we carry so much inside of us. And so as when we give ourselves the opportunity to go past the what's conscious in our world and start to look at the unconscious parts of ourselves, that's when we really get to grow because we get to see more of who we really are instead of what the world says we should be. Mm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I love your style of work and I love everything shamanic, as you know, it's a part of my path. Not everybody understands what a shaman is. So can you help for our listeners, help them understand that in an easy to digest way? I can actually look at look at people that do shamanic work look at people that are mediums or psychics as straddling different worlds mm -hmm. that's the easiest way for me to explain it because we live in in some ways multiple dimensions of reality or we can 
timeless mm -hmm. when we give ourselves the space to. So to the shaman, when we find that dimensional reality, past, present, and future all exist at the same time. The, the reality and, and the understanding of this is that all of us have that ability, but some, it's kind of like the difference between being a, a scratch golfer on a weekend and then being Tiger Woods, exactly. right? Exactly. It, it's level of expertise, it's le level of training, it's level of, in some ways, just like Tiger Woods, you know, it's some innate gift that's inside of him. That right, for me, it's a cultivating the, the gift, understanding it at a very, yeah. very fine-tuned alignment. And, and so for me, I, this is the way that I look. I, I have one, one leg, in, if you will, in the physical world, one leg in this world that we see in front of us is 3D reality. And then, and then another leg inside of the spiritual world. And, mm -hmm. and the way that the spiritual world for me is because of my connection to my ancestors. When I, when, when I first started understanding this, because I haven't, I haven't done this all my life, even though it's been inside of me, it was something that laid very dormant for a really long time. But nowadays, when I look inside, and I'm, when I'm working with someone, the easiest way for me to explain it is that I'm, I, there's, a, there's, there's like this triangle behind me, and I'm at the apex of this triangle like this. And all my ancestors and all my guides and all my angels are behind me. And what they literally do is they whisper in my ear or they, or they, they tell me something. And that's what I end up sharing with the people that I work with. But the thing about it is, it's not whispering as I hear or telling me or see or showing me things with sight, right? So some, some of the ways that, that they work with me or they work with us, right? Mm -hmm. For me, they, they use what I know and they use what's familiar in my world, right? So, so the things that happen for me is sometimes when I'm working with someone, I will get a word or a phrase, and the word and the phrase comes in and it's re and for in, in some ways it's really loud because the word, the phrase comes in. Like I was working with a woman the other day and, and the phrase was time to step up. Mm, right? So good. <laughs> and, 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 and it was true in regards to where she was at because it was, this, she was at this crossroads in her life and she knew that it was time to step up, but she was afraid to, and there were things that were holding her back. And that's what we worked on and worked with was the things that were holding her back. But it was a phrase. Oftentimes the way that they work with me, especially if they're doing just for me, um, I hear songs. And so I would, I would say, if you guys are out there, right. And a song just kind of pops up in your head, listen to the words, listen to the lyrics, because there's a message someplace inside of that for you. Okay. The other way that they show me is like scenes from a movie, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm a crazy movie buff, but I watch a lot of movies and I have in the past. And so they take those movies and then they will show me the scene of the movie. And it's not as if people have this misconception that say when we, you know, like a psychic or a medium or anything else like that, like they get the full download and it's like this trans transference of like word for word. And it really doesn't happen that way because sometimes all it is is like, it goes like this and there's a flash mm -hmm. and inside of that flash of that word or inside of that flash of that lyric or inside of that flash of that movie, there's like 
I may see the flash, like I may get a lyric for a movie. It may give me, it may take me 10 minutes to explain it to you because all the wisdom and all the knowledge is behind that, right? And so the flash comes in, it's just a reminder of me to go down that road. And, and yeah. then from that point, right? It allows the information to come through, you know, like you're sitting with someone and you go, tell me about when you were five, what happened? And they go, well, no, I had a really good life. And I said, really, let's think about that because that's, you know, I'm, I get the image of a five-year-old girl or a five-year-old little boy, you know, and, and hiding in a closet or, or walking in the woods. And I said, you spent a lot of time with yourself when you were young, don't, didn't you? And they go, yeah, how do you know? I wish I could tell you how I know. I just know that it comes through me. That's perfect. That's exactly. It makes sense to me because I experience it and I think we all experience it differently, which is why I feel like it's so important to honor the art of it and us understanding the language that comes through us. There's a discernment that has to come through. And for, for me, I don't know about you, but when I started trusting my gifts and really stepping into the power of the gifts, it took time to understand yank their arm didn't mean yank their arm. <laughs> it meant traction their arm or just understanding the language, understanding the images of what they mean to me and how they were trying to get the messages through and across. Yeah. Whereas I see with new practitioners, often they, they don't take that time they, to learn the art. Yeah. They're literal with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not about being literal. The, the message is not literal. It's a big, it's a good point though that you bring up about trusting because we get messages all the time. Okay. You don't have to be psychic. You don't have to be a shaman. You don't have to be any of that. You're getting information all the time. The thing about it is, is that you're not paying attention to it. That's one. And then two, you're not trusting the information that comes through because, because sometimes it comes so far out of left field that you look at that and go, how can this be true? And then you don't follow it or this is something else that I know that a lot of people do. They'll hear a message, they'll see that, and their ego mind takes over, and they go off and they do the thing that they wanted to do anyway. And then the end result, or sometimes they come to it themselves, and other times they won't allow themselves to go, wow, I should have listened to that. Right. It came in. I, I, I used to do that. <laughs> I would get the messages, and I, I was the girl that would negotiate with my guides. I would try to make deals like, surely you don't want me to do this. Doesn't this sound better? Yeah. I, never, I never won. Not once did I win. But when I do listen and when I do trust, things are always so much better and so much more magnificent than I could have ever dreamed up in my human self. We spend more time resisting. Mm -hmm. We spend more time resisting than we, actually, than we actually do in doing the work. I agree. And, and you're right. Because what they tell us or what they might show us in that moment is not something that we think that we need or should be doing, you know. And the reality is that, so look at it like this. Think of it as the, this is one way to, to look at it. Think of it as the, the eyes of an eagle or the eyes of a hawk. Yeah, right? yeah, I know because, where you're going. Because, because <laughs> Because a hawk or an eagle can be eagle can be hundreds of feet in the air, right? And they and they see the whole terrain. They can see everything in front of them, 
And they can see that little mouse or that bird running, you know, swimming at the top of the water or that little mouse running from, from shrub to shrub. And, and that's kind of the, the way to look at that is that our guides, our, our, our team, I call them the team. So yeah. you know, I want to say something about that too. But our team has a broader perspective and a broader view of our life. They can see farther ahead than we can, you know? Most of the time we're like this. And, and we, yes, and that's all that we can focus on. And I love that you brought this up with the eagle or the hawk or whatever. That was a part of my training when I became a priestess. Yeah. They physically took us to the highest point and had us look down at what represented our problems. Right. So it was to give us a bird's eye view of what was happening. And then you see all the beauty and all of the things that could happen out of this one little thing that we were fixated on. And when you're up on the mountain, you don't even notice the one little thing anymore. That's a really good point. And that's what I was just writing down. You realize how insignificant that problem you're holding on to is. You're holding it so tight. (laughs) In reality to everything else. But that's, a, that's part of human nature. Yes. Human nature is we are so afraid of change because mm-hmm. change is unknown and we are afraid of unknown of the unknown. So we will hold on to the detriment of even our physical health and well-being instead of giving ourselves the space and the opportunity to change and, and to create something different in our lives. And which, which goes, like, if you look at it just from the point of quantum mechanics, okay, and quantum mm-hmm. physics, right? The universe is constantly and ever expanding and changing, right? And we as insignificant human beings think that we can hold all that energy together in one place and not allow it to move. And so what we're doing every time we do that literally is that we are fighting the universe. We are fighting the universe. When the universe says, I am moving, I am changing. And and everybody else, and you're going to stay here. And mm-hmm. so the, the more you do that, the harder your life is going to be. You and know? this is why people are exhausted and frustrated and totally um, sometimes lifeless, right? It's like I see people walking around like zombies, but they're fighting so hard. To, to stay in place. To stay in place, exactly. In place. Yes. And, and, and you may not understand it, but I think most people in our world do. Everything is about energy. Mm-hmm. And when energy is stuck and it's not flowing, this is my experience, that's where your pain is. That's yes. the emotion or the story that you're holding on to. And when we hold on to that long enough, the, the energy, right? becomes physical and that's where d- disease and illness and and all of those other things come in right or stress and oh my gosh don't get me started just all the things it's all the things it's all the things that yeah, yeah. that and and that we've ignored right we turned off we've gotten the clues we've gotten the divine um breadcrumbs so to speak we're getting the wisdom but we're ignoring it so what I feel that what happens is those aches, those pains, those stresses become louder and louder and louder because we'll listen to that. Yeah, we will. Your listen knees to go that. out, you're going to pay attention, mm-hmm. right? But those little whispers come way before. Way before the physical pain or the physical, what whatever is physical is showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's kind of like their last ditch effort to kick our ass and to get us moving right the symptoms right but we i feel like 
we as humans yeah. cause so much unnecessary suffering in our own lives. Yeah, we do. I, I, I don't know. We had, had one of my teachers say, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I, I, I work on this and I, and I can't, I'm, I'm not able in this moment still to be consistent where I say yes to everything or whatever shows up in my life. I can look at it from that standpoint and not react to it, but look at that and go, okay, so this person that says that they're angry at me or this person that's doing whatever I think they're doing to me, what is that? What's actually happening inside of that? And, and, and what is the lesson inside of that? And how am I contributing to this, right? So right. if there were messages, core messages that I give to people, it's when you start taking responsibility for everything that's happening in your life, because they are all the result of the choices that you've made, then your life changes. Yes. Yes to all of that. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's easier said than done. Oh, but with practice. I find I, I, I slip, right? But what I find oh, is that I'll, I'll slip and then I'll be like, damn, I know what I'm doing. And then, I'll, and then I'll be able to get myself on track so I can recoil much faster than I did when I was younger. Right. There's not as big as of a gap. Now I'm, I'm more aware and I snap out of it and I snap yeah. out of it. But you also brought up another point. It's, it's this place when we, we are doing something, right? And we realize that it wasn't what I wanted to do, or it wasn't the, the, if you want to put it in the right or wrong context, the right thing to do, right? And in that moment, I have that realization and I go, and then the first thing I do is I give myself a hard time because I did that. And, and I will say this to you because I've watched this happen inside myself and, and with the people I work with. As soon as you do that, as soon as you, you catch yourself, but the very next thing that you do is you give yourself shit, What's happening, what's happening unconsciously and what's happening inside of your mind is that's the place where your ego just went, you see, mm -hmm. you can't do this by yourself. You need me. And, and that's where we get tripped up because that's what that part of us, that ego part of us wants to do is for us to go into a place of negativity or mm -hmm. that negative, fight or flight or whatever, right? Response. And what, however it is, talking about fight or flight, are are one of the core behaviors and patterns that we have is survival, and so we will we will default to survival before we do anything else, and that survival is what the is what the stress and 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 the anxiety and the fear and everything else like that because that part of us is is in some ways obligated and and tasked with keeping us alive and so even if you're alive but you're having a shitty life you're still alive That's even right. if you're alive and you're in a bad relationship you're still alive right it's doing its job even if you're alive and you have no money you're still alive mm -hmm. because if you made that choice and this is the way your mind thinks. If I make that choice, I could die. If I make that choice, everything goes out the window. Mm -hmm. And people are so scared of the unknown. Like you said earlier, the, the sense of mystery is very scary to people. We think that we're controlling everything, but we're really not. But that hanging on tight 
and not listening to those whispers, I feel like allows, it's kind of a trick. It's a trickster, right? It makes us think we're controlling our own lives, but all we're doing is prolonging where we need to get to. And, and, and just creating more, um, you're just creating more obstacles and, and you're creating more distraction when you do that. Do you find, I find a lot of people are addicted to the distraction. They're addicted to the chaos. They're. It's, it's way easier because if I use that, then that, that's, that's the place that I get to blame everything that's not happening because I can take that distraction or whatever it is. And I can, and I can use that as my crutch, as my way of explaining why I'm not doing what I'm doing or in the place that I want to be in my life. Right. So, right. so distraction is awesome. Distraction and procrastination, they are awesome. They're like most people's best friends. Right. Yeah. They see it all the know, time too. It, it's just a best friend that I don't want anymore. No, that's <laughs> the one that I want to kind of give the middle finger to, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm done with you. Get out of here. Yeah. So tell me about your chapter. You know, I could talk to you for hours on end about everything shamanic, everything spiritual. Um, I'm just so at home with you. But tell us a little bit about chapter 23 and how that moved through you. You know, when you you invited me to be part of this project, you know, one is the, the team basically just went, don't even ask, don't even think, just say yes. And so I said yes. And I wasn't sure what, what was going to come through. But about a month before we started our project, I got invited to this amazing conference it was a, for a whole week and it was called um, um, Un- world unity week and 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 the person that invited me wanted me to talk about sacred places or sacred sites and the idea of, originally of the co- of, of that part of the conference was talking about preserving sacred sites mm. and so I started looking at that and how how to preserve the sacred sites that are left in the world and how they, you know, not to allow them to be desecrated. And the more I thought about that, then it's almost like the team went, yeah, that's really cool. And this is what you're going to talk about. And so, so this other download came in and, and the download was, how do we, and what draws us to sacred places and sacred sites, right? There are things that draw us. There's people that like save all their save their money all their lives to go to Lourdes in France or to Stonehenge or to Anchor Watts or to Machu Picchu. You know, like everybody goes, oh my God, my spiritual journey was to Machu Picchu. And I had such an amazing time, right? But the question was, what draws us there? What was it about those places that pulls us? so hard so so deeply and it is a pool for me i mean i feel it i feel it horizontal and i feel it vertical as well like it takes me grounds me pulls me up and expands me out right and then what happens when i get there because now i'm then there's an experience when Mm -hmm. you're there right and so first the first the place draws me there and then i have an experience of that of that event or that situation that I'm in in that moment right so what does that do and then how does that convert into my everyday life right 
And most people don't kind of think about that. And, that's, and, and you have to remember, I grew up in Hawaii. So I grew up looking at visiting sacred sites, you know, the, the volcano and, and Puuhonua, which is down the, down the road, literally from where I grew up. And I went there often with my mom. It, it was, and I didn't realize the sacredness of it when I was a kid, but I understand it now, you know. Um, things happen when you go to sacred sites inside of you. Right. Mm -hmm. But but then this other part came in, you know, are people desecrating sacred sites? And this, I didn't really write, have the time to explain all of this, but this is the mindset behind it. People desecrate sacred sites by even just traveling to it and wanting to have the experience that they have. Right. So I want to have that perfect picture. I want to have more energy. So I step onto the place that the Hawaiians call it Kapu, where it's not where you're not supposed to go to. But they go there because they they're thinking if I get if I get that much closer, I will be that much more spiritual or I'll get that much more energy or whatever, however. But doing it in a non-sacred way, which but goes doing, against yeah, the sacredness of it. Exactly. Right? So doing it in a non-sacred way. So that, that's where the click came inside of me. And I said, okay, wait a minute. How can I see this place as sacred if I don't understand what sacred is inside of me? And that's really what the basis of my chapter was about, is that how do you find and understand the sacred that's inside of you? And I think that's the part that for me that was really powerful. It may, actually makes me emotional when I think about it because, because it's that place of until, and, and there's so many different ways we can go this, right? But, there, but the reality is that until I feel that sacredness inside me, it won't matter what I see outside of me. Or it what you're trying to. Many, it won't matter how many sacred places that I go to and how many ceremonies that I do. If I can't have that experience as a visceral understanding inside my body, inside myself, not in my mind, not in your mind, mm -hmm. as a feeling yes. that moves through you. Until that happens, nothing you do outside of you is really going to matter. And, and that's, that's so much of this work, though. Um, this I love how you brought it in with sacred places because you spoke my heart through that chapter. And I've felt all the things that you wrote, like they were in my own words. It was beautiful. But I feel that that is also the work that we do in the world, which is helping people come back home to themselves, exactly. to finding that sacredness, yeah. the sacred medicine. That was so much of the reason I wanted to gather you all together is to take those wounds and change it into sacredness, to transform it, to alchemize it and take what once poisoned and hurt you and take that and now take it to the world. And now it becomes sacred. Everything I believe is sacred. It's how we decide to approach it, use it, work with it. The trees in my front yard are sacred to me. Like, you know, the land is sacred to me. But so often I feel like we just move through life. Zip, 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 do, do, do. And we're not in touch. We're not in touch with ourselves. But if we're, like you said, if we're not here, how can we appreciate what's there? Pain, pain is only pain if I don't learn from it. Exactly. I use this with my son with mistakes. I'm like, it's only a mistake if we keep doing the same thing over and again. Otherwise, it's a lesson. It, it and and this wasn't in the this wasn't in the book, but this is something to share as well, right? When I change my my understanding of mistakes, when I when I can shift the idea of what a mistake is, because for most people, a mistake is failure. Mm -hmm. 
and we look at mistake as being as failing at something or not being as not being good at something or even right? taking it back further i work mostly with women so it becomes being a good girl versus a bad girl all, a good all of boy that. versus a bad boy like all, all, all of, that. of that yeah, yeah. But look at it this way. If you do something and it doesn't quite come out the way that you want to, and you can say, I made a mistake or, or it was a failure, right? What if you were to be able to change that perspective? And instead of it being a failure, there was a part of you that kind of goes, well, shoot, that didn't work. Let me think of another way. Mm -hmm. You just changed the perspective and you just literally changed the energy behind all of that because instead of looking at it as a stopping point, it becomes a jumping off point for the next place, for the next thing you do because right. it goes, huh, that didn't work quite the way I wanted to. Let me try again. Let me see what happens the next time I do this. Let me do something different. And it becomes exciting and expansive instead right. of limiting, which is so important. It, it, then you're not contracting anymore. Now you're expanding it. Mm -hmm. right? And everything's always contracting and expanding, but so often we let it contract and then we stay there. Right. But if we can, that's keep our story. It out. Stories. Yeah. yeah. Those stories that keep us contracted. Those are our fears that keep mm -hmm. us contracted. But yeah. that place, that understanding of, of finding, knowing, accessing, experiencing, the sacred inside of you. So good. So good. And I'm so excited that you said yes to the next book, Wealth Codes, which is Sacred Strategies for Abundance, which is 100% pulling in this feeling of expansion in all areas of our life. Yeah. And it all starts here. Right. And and even just what we talked about, I mean, that could it may end up being the basis for the for the chapter, but is that place of, you know, e wealth and, and failure are, are kind of intertwined. And so if I can if I can shift my idea of failure, then I can shift my idea of wealth. Yeah. And right. same thing with success. I work with people a lot on that and you do, too. What does success mean? And well, allowing that to switch money. into expansive, an yeah. expansive feeling versus I'm not there yet. I didn't hit this mark. Right. When for me, success and wealth is all areas of our life. Cause I know, you know, this too. I know a lot of really rich, wealthy people who are miserable. Right. And I know some people that have the best marriages, but they are piss ass poor. Like, like, and we are allowed to have expansion in all areas of life, but so often we pick and choose. And what I really want to do is bring that expansion to have a ripple effect in everybody's life throughout their life. Actually, that's what I'm going to talk about. I I know what my chapter is now. Awesome. <laughs> Wealth and the healing practitioner. Awesome. And see, that must have been good because my pillow just literally jumped out of the chair when you said that. <laughs> It's it's something that I work with a lot of practitioners because because there's this there's this misalignment inside of us about between wealth and abundance, or and 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 for me it's not abundance. Abundance is too fuzzy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's too fuzzy. It's too fuzzy and it's too vague, right? Play with prosperity, mm -hmm. because prosperity is more expansive, right? So people yes, talk I, about being people talk about being abundant all the time, right? 
You could be abundantly poor. You could be abundantly unhealthy. You could be abundantly whatever in, in any kind of way, but you're still abundant. Right. Right. You're still abundant. So, so it's kind of getting, this is something else that I learned. The clearer you get about what you're looking for, the easier it is for the universe to create it, help you create it. With everything, which is why we attract what we don't want, because we're really clear about what we don't want. We and we talk really about clear. it all the time. So whew, here it comes. What they say about the self-fulfilling prophecy is true. Yeah. What you think is what you get. So true. So true. Well, I adore you. You know this. We have so much to talk about. So stay on the line with me. I'm going to end the recording. Make sure you check in the comments. The book link will be there along with all of the links to get in touch with my spiritual brother, my favorite Hawaiian. Um, make sure you get in his world, follow his social media, and just be a part of his energetic field. It is so much love and so much truth and so much wisdom that he has to share. Thank you, you guys for being here. If anybody needs help, you know, all you have to do is reach out to us, not me and not Jen, but whoever it is that's in your, in your life, give yourself permission to reach out and ask for help. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I think it's so important that people know that it's okay to ask for help. And we, that's why we're here. It's part of the human experience. We're not supposed to be going at it alone. No, we didn't come here to have, um, we didn't come here to have a solitary experience. That was not why we chose this reality. Yeah. Well, thank you for being in my world. You have definitely made it more rich. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll definitely be having more chats with James soon.